Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quartucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojakowski. Thanks, Michelle. Even though I don't need to do this, I'm Brad Baroli. I'm John Quatrucci. And I'm Drew Gould. All right. Hi, guys. Everybody have a good week? Yes, no. for sure. Oh, all right, go on. Well, <laughs> we, got a, we got a fun, happy movie today. I would say happy. Oh, my it's kind God. Of, it's I, got a bit oh. of a 70s vibe, so I'm happy. Like but before we do that, well, I really talk- knew John needed to pick me up. Oh, yeah. Uh, John, Man, you don't know. This, can't, this couldn't have come at a better time, seriously. <laughs> But before we start that, let's talk about what we watched this week. Let's start with Drew. Get these out of the way, all three of them. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. 20 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, well, first, before I say what I watched, because obviously that's a lot of material, um, I was sad because David Prowse died. Yes. Uh, David Prowse was the man inside the Darth Vader suit, yep. uh, where James Earl Jones was the voice. And he, I think he was 85. He died of COVID. And uh, that's a huge part of my childhood is Darth Vader, of course. So that made me sad. And also that Utah desert monolith appeared and disappeared. So there was yeah, a lot was of that. Very strange. Yep. Apparently, so though, there's another you, one now in Romania. You know, it's one in Romania. So we have that to look forward same, to. Same, same idea? Same thing? Um, uh, similar enough, I guess. Okay, so um, I accidentally had a Sarah Paulson uh, festival uh, this week. <laughs> How does one accidentally have one? <laughs> Well, we decided we needed to have the TV on while we were trimming the tree and putting up decorations and stuff. So, of course, two seasons of American Horror Story did that for us. <laughs> it was uh, 1984, which is the most recent season, which was all about slasher movies and stuff. And then um, we watched uh, Cult, which was supposed to be their version of the real world about the 2016 yeah. election and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was not any more realistic. But those shows are, are fun trash. They have a lot of uh, great uh, performances in them. And I feel really old when I say this, but honestly, I, I still cannot believe how much gore they can get away with on television shows. I mean, that's a basic cable mm-hmm. network, and uh, yeah. they, drop the, they drop the language all the time, too, but the gore is, is insane. Yeah. And the reason it became a Sarah Paulson Festival is I followed uh, earlier recommendations, and uh, we watched Run on Hulu. Is that good? Which is not a good movie. Um <laughs> It's it, it's uh, like like another movie we may be discussing today. It could have used a few more drafts in the screenwriting process. But um, <laughs> the girl who – Sarah Paulson is fine. But the girl who plays her daughter, who's actually a, a, a young actress who's in a wheelchair in real life and plays a character, she's great. Like, it really is like a breakout star kind of thing. So um, her performance is very good, but, you know, whatever. Wow. Okay. Is that it? Is that it? You're done? <laughs> Well, I also uh, oh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> you left it the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian had a huge episode this week, which you we can't, can't, can't talk about. I haven't watched any of them. I can't I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you. La, 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 la. Did I you want to have anything to do with this one? That explains well, I, I, I a lot of your childhood, John. I don't even watch the show. All right, we'll skip that then. We'll skip. Well, Joe and Brad, what do you got? Well. What we actually did, we've been watching Superstore just because we need some comic relief, and it's really well written. It's got some great lines, and that's a great show. If you haven't seen it, you you ought to tune in. But we decided a number of times on this podcast, we've talked about how if we watch a movie at a particular time in our lives, we may not like it. So, Ralph, we rewatched Zodiac. Oh, 
because of you. Well, we because, haven't finished it yet. But yeah, we because, kind of stopped because it's, it's like, like 17 hours long. Hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but we watched the first two hours and <laughs> we really liked it. We're really yeah. liking it. It was just, yeah. it was, it was, we had to stop because. Well, we were watching, when we watched it last time, we were in the process of moving. Yeah. <laughs> we were dealing we were, with no, a lot. We were trying to sell our house we're, and they were no, having right, open houses. Right, we were trying to sell our no, house. You got it. That one, you got to be paid. You got to sit and watch it. And, yeah. and you don't want to watch it in the movie. And we had no patience for it the last time. Yeah. It was long. It, it's but it too long to sit in the movie theater. It didn't theater. feel that way this time. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, I rewatch, I rewatch that one all the time, but I skipped through the scene in the park where he meets the two people in the park and he comes from behind the tree. Mm-hmm. I, I blast through that one. That one gets me every time. The, 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 the things he did with that woman and what he was doing was just... But as yeah. an investigative piece... Because it's really about the investigation. Forget all the yeah, gore and stuff, and yeah. it's an amazing film. I watch that one all the time, and that's the one I use when I edit. That's my metronome because mm. I know all the you know. Mm. So it's a lot of fun. Good, good uh, one, so John. We did that? Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, you have more? Or is that it? No, that's all. Okay, John, what do you got? Well, Ralph, since you asked, um, TCM had a Hitchcock festival, so I watched mm. Rope, which I've seen a million times. Uh, I love the technique of the 10 minute takes, but for the first time I watched the entire uh, rear window, which I've never seen the whole movie. Mm. Uh, Loved it. Uh, That set that they created, the apartment building with all the single apartments, just a really well, well done film. Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly were great in it. Raymond Burr, who had very little to say, was very menacing in it. But I recommend it a lot. Uh, it's one. Of, it's one of Hitchcock's favorite movies, and I can understand why. It, it must have been a lot of fun to make that movie. But technically, it's it's really incredible what he does in that movie. So if you get a chance, take a look at it. And when you say ten minute takes and rope, he was trying to simulate one long take. Like, well, yeah. So what they I did know, ten minutes. They have to break take it up. But, was ten minutes long, yeah. and then uh, the camera would get a close up of a back or something, right. and that would be the cut. And but but they had they had walls that moved right. all the furniture moved yeah the behind so the scenes they, on that is pretty wild yeah it's 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 yeah. not it's an okay it's based on Leopold yeah. and Hull, uh yeah. the murder um it, it's it's not it's okay it's a little like, Ralph you wouldn't like because a little over the top on the acting but but again technically <laughs> to do the ten minute takes the way they had to do them yeah it, it's pretty cool it's but pretty, I enjoyed the cool. film because of that yeah. technical stuff so yeah. uh great Sean and Debbie we watched an Alfred Hitchcock uh, movie too. <laughs> It was the worst one. <laughs> the yeah. trouble with Harry. Oh yeah, yeah. The comedy, but he he should stick to his stuff. Yeah, Hitchcock can be very funny in his dramas and his mysteries and his thrillers, but you know I don't know if his comic stylings can sustain a feature film. Yeah, it certainly didn't. On trouble with Harry. Yeah, it was disappointing. It was beautifully shot. It was shot in New England. And, you know, they, at least they had some locations. In Wasn't there. that Shirley MacLaine's first film, too? First? That was Shirley MacLaine's first film, I think. I think it was. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. But <laughs> the characters were not buyable. Yeah. The, you know, not it good. just couldn't. He has a very droll sense of humor, and I didn't think it sustained it. Was it. Just too. Debbie now, Murphy. was this before? Now, Family Plot came out in when? The 70s? That was one of his. Yeah, that was right? his last movie. Yeah. yeah. Now, That's see. A- this Debbie, at least Debbie, when we were done, goes, you know, it's nice to see that even Alfred Hitchcock can fail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he failed more than once. I mean, yeah, I think like, I think you could say that about Vienna, a lot of them. But you know. So Well, this okay. one was a real stinker. Really? Yeah. Did you watch the whole you get through the whole thing? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had, a, we had to. Yeah. Well, we had wasn't to. Seven oh, Zodiac, Ralph. It wasn't Probably what? Not. Zodiac. Um, no, all right. No. I watched one on uh, Prime called Uncle Frank, mm. starring Paul Bettany and Sophia Lillis, who was the young girl in It, played the redhead in It. And I, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but Peter Medisky, Medisi, and Steve Zahn, and 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 another Judy Greer. A lot of great people in this. It's about a coming out of um, Paul Bettany plays a gay man in the '70s um, who grew up in the South and has to come out to come out to his father had a funeral and he has to come back to the family, but he has a relationship with this young girl, his niece, who's helping her grow and get through life. And it's just a real good feel good film about. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a tough subject. Guy coming out of the closet, doesn't want to tell his family. Directed and written by Alan, Alan Ball, who, I, who did um, Six who wrote American yeah, Beauty, uh, I think. Yes, he did. Mm. And I think he did a lot of True Blood. Yeah, okay, that's because because true. Blood. Just a bunch of Right, because the guy, Peter, I can't pronounce his name, who played uh, Paul Bettany's uh, boyfriend, I think was in True Blood. And um, the guy was great. Uh, he's unrecognizable in his uh, IMDb M picture compared to what he was in the film. It's a really good uh, film to what both a coming of age for her and a coming out for him. And Paul Bettany, I think is a, is a real good actor and uh, you know, written by Alan Ball. And it's just a fantastic film. Uh, probably better than run drew. So you should give it a shot if you haven't seen it. Okay. Um, I'll put it on but, my list. Uh, very good. Very good. And I, hey, I like I also, Paul Bettany. I do want to say that we, we, we take seriously a lot of suggestions and it was like this weekend we tried to watch a couple of the things, and Debbie just wasn't getting into them. Like his house, which I which looked pretty good, and there were a couple other things we threw on, but maybe we was just not in the right mood. That's why we went to the safety of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> Can so you see how well that worked out? <laughs> that went great. All right, all right. Well, that's good. I think a lot of good ones there, and uh, we'll see what next, what next week brings. Oh, by the way, next week we're going to do. A holiday roulette, like we did. Halloween is that like roulette. the Halloween roulette? Exactly the same. So I don't need okay. to explain it, but I'll explain cool. it. Each one of us brings a film that we want to bring to the table. We all and then vote the on. The f- we can watch Drew's movie, and it'll end up being the <laughs> descent again uh, with Drew. And it doesn't count on Drew's uh, his list. Doesn't That's count. right. We're no, we Drew's turn. No. And Debbie, Debbie, no, you cannot bring Bride of Frankenstein to this one. <laughs> oh. Okay. Good. Um, but this week, wait a minute. Do we get two choices per box? Um, no, one per box. I'm sorry, that's the rule. Okay. okay. Uh, Brad brought the film this week. What'd you bring, Brad? I brought Arlington Road. Arlington Road. Jeff Bridges. Feel good, Tim Robbins. In an instant, they were gone forever. Are joining the ranks of a resistance. Average, normal, educated people. Brad, it's dinner time. Brady invited him over for dinner. Thank you, neighbor. We're having a 10 year old next door. Cheryl, this is Brooke. Brooke Cheryl. It's really nice to meet you, too. What kind of work do you do? I'm a structural engineer. He had this blueprint it was an office building this project is taking forever i already told me it was a mall why would you lie i've got a possible name change the death certificate what what does it say he's changed his name to the name of a person who died the day before yeah why you do it to hide the person you were 
His name is Oliver Lang. I didn't know you taught a course in terrorism, Michael. That's a pretty frightening subject. It deals with extremist groups. Seems he got one everywhere. Are you listening Your to me? Your neighbor is a terrorist that has been blowing up buildings. There is a blueprint in his house he does not want me to see. Michael! Something is being planned. Our house is your house. Yeah, and, you know, in his spare time. That's it. It takes his kid to camp and takes his daughters to ballet class. That house is not normal. Oh, that house is normal, Michael. Do you have something on this guy or not? Because if this is all you got, you need to stop teaching that class because it's getting inside your head. You're going to pick up my son? He was taken home this afternoon, sir. What the hell have you done with my son? You think you know me? You've got to get everybody out of the building. We want the FBI! something I don't know. You stay a good neighbor and you'll have him back. Ah! You don't calm down. There's a bomb in the van! Stand by. Stop it! I don't know that I can guarantee his safety. We're having a party. You're more than welcome to stay. That was a weird trailer. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Oh, I thought that was good. I love these trailers. Everybody complains about the trailers, but I love them. Okay, go ahead. So um, so I picked this movie because, I, you know, I was looking through and kind of looking through our collection. I hadn't, and I that came across this when I hadn't seen it in years. Honestly, I hadn't remembered a whole lot of it. But yes, there will be spoilers. <laughs> but, um, big, big, big spoilers. The film was out spoilers. in 1999. Right. right. We probably so watched it just... pretty soon after it came out. Right. Um, but I did remember that it was a it was a really good suspense thriller, and I, I knew there was a. Um, I remembered there being a very different, you know, an ending. It wasn't the Hollywood ending, um, yeah. I, I remember really liking about that. Um, of course, it is a pretty dark movie. Um, I'm talking about terrorism <laughs> and uh, domestic terrorism, right? Kind of right before 9/11, not too long before. Yeah, 9/11. two years. But um, but it, it's a really good movie. I think um, so it's about. <clears throat> So this guy moves into the neighborhood. Actually, the scene, it opens up with uh, Jeff Bridges' character driving down the street and sees this kid who's kind of just lumbering along and realizes this kid's been really badly injured. And it turns out to be Tim Robbins' kid, who's the neighbor who just moved in across the street. Um, so then, of course, they they become friends. But, of course, right from the get-go, there's you know there's something off about Tim Robbins' character, um, whose name is... Um, Oliver Lang. Well, and the child was, his hand was blown off by fireworks. Right. right. Yeah. Correct. Um, so Jeff Bridges takes him, runs him to the hospital, saves his life, basically. Um, so, of course, that's how they connect. Uh, and, you know, as the movie goes on, of course, Jeff, Jeff Bridges, who is a, um, who is a teacher, history teacher at George Washington University, and he's teaching this class on domestic terrorism, is, is really involved in it. He, he had, a, actually, his, he's recovering um, they're still getting over the death of his wife from three years ago, who was an FBI agent who was killed. He, in like and, a Ruby Ridge type situation. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so he's, he's really invested, you know, in, in these types of cases. And there's a specific case from years ago where it's, he's talking about this guy who, who was basically blamed. And they said he was who, this attack on some building in, was it in Texas or I can't even remember. No, uh, San, St. Louis. St. Louis. Louis. Right. Even though and, it was obviously, Based on Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the, the it, it was ruled that the guy was a sole, you know, working alone. But he's he's convinced that the guy wasn't working alone; that there was something else involved. So this kind of takes him down this 
the path of, you know, getting digging into Tim Robbins and he finds out Tim Robbins, Oliver Lang, his is not really his name. And it, it just kind of goes on from there, but it's, it's got a great, I, I think it's a really suspenseful movie. And it, it, it's interesting because I, I'm watching this and I watching the nineties movies that the very intense music, you could tell it was a nineties movie just based on the way the, the soundtrack, it was like some of the scenes were super intense and you, you know, the, the really dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> kind of almost over dramatic, but, um, but, but I, I just enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a very, um, you know, I, I, I just enjoyed the suspense. I enjoyed I mean, the, I, I don't think it was necessarily their best acting performances. Um, you know, Tim Robbins, I think, has been has done better in some other things. But um, I mean, overall, they were still they were still good. But I, I just enjoyed the plot of the movie. And the, I, I liked the different the different ending. It wasn't the typical Hollywood ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I, just I love Tim Robbins. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, he was good in it, but I, I know he's been he's done better. Jobs. I, well, I, I think I think. OK. I think they were playing, they were playing, they were playing caricatures. All of them mm-hmm. were playing characters, oh, yeah, including yeah. Joan Cusack, right? She was, oh, she played oh, the wife. she's creepy. fantastic. Right? It's like, and hi, it was directed by a guy time. named, yeah. directed by <laughs> Pellington. Mark Pellington, who was a music video director, I guess, or okay. famous he for did, some uh, of his music. He did the video for Jeremy and a lot of other, probably Pearl oh, okay. Jam, a lot of other. Yeah. Really likes Dutch and angles. And, and that's what this I mean, film had a lot of that. It's a real, and this isn't a criticism. This is goes to what what Brad just said. I mean, it's it's clearly a feature film made by a guy who's a video music video director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were yeah. a lot it of had, movies like that in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like John, John's right. There was a lot of uh, Dutch angled stuff, and right, and that scene in the backyard. There was a beautiful scene where Tim Robbins and and Jeff Bridges have this confrontation, and mm-hmm. and. And um, Tim Robbins kept walking in and out of shadow, right? The, the mm-hmm. sun was cutting mm-hmm. this direct line, so he'd be explaining something. And then a lot of silhouettes in this movie. But when it's getting really, mm-hmm. when you realize he's being a little, you're not quite sure Tim Robbins, even throughout the whole film until the very end, you're not quite sure if Jeff Bridges is just losing his. I mean, right. Right. he had the whole, his wife's thing was a heavy wow. thing on him. And I didn't see mm-hmm. that. And, um, and but he kept walking in and out of shadow, like okay, evil, good, evil, good, evil, and it's just he was playing with a lot of different things, and yeah. it had a very seventies paranoia vibe, which that's why you mm-hmm. liked it, and with a with the right with a nineties aesthetic, with a nineties music yeah. video aesthetic, yeah. right? So yeah. it had this layer of two couple of layers going on, and it's funny when I first saw it back in ninety nine, it seemed a little cheesy. It it com- comes off as a little wooden mm-hmm. and cheesy, like when I watched it again this time, I really enjoyed it and i don't know if that has to do with all the stuff that's happened between 99 and now and how prescient oh, yeah. this film yeah. was i mean right because you know, this was i don't know when um oklahoma city was i don't know what year that was but this is definitely i mean this was heavily oklahoma city yeah yeah uh, vibe but anyway well, i i, I, I like, really enjoyed it i like this movie but i liked it better when I saw it in the seventies, when it was called Parallax View, okay, I knew you were. Oh, that's your that's your thing. Where a guy uh, who's investigating a potential terrorist and assassin doesn't realize he's being groomed, right, to be the fall guy in a assassination. Uh-huh. You know? So, I mean, Brad, were you familiar with Parallax View? No, I'm not. Yeah, Warren Beatty. Yeah. It's well, great. Oklahoma City bombing was in 1995. Oh, okay. I just looked it up. Yeah. Um, one of the things, this was one of those movies, I've mentioned this before, that when Cranbrook Video was around, we would get recommendations for stuff that we probably wouldn't have watched. And this was one of those movies. And I remember when we watched it the first time, liking it so much, because at the end, we were both like, oh, 
they set him up. You know, well, what I mean? and, and to be fair, you well, didn't yeah. expect that. You didn't expect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, we can talk about that later, what actually happens at the end, but uh, Drew and John have been quiet. I, I'm kind of interested in <laughs> John, especially. Uh, well, all I know feeling? is you when don't the kid like was to, walking uh, down the street, toward when John's the kid was walking down therapy. the street with a bloody stump, <laughs> yeah. and he was bleeding all over the place, I was thinking, thanks, Brad, this is the feel-good movie I was looking for. <laughs> Well, come on. He's uh, Mason Campbell, who played Dennis in the Dennis the Menace movie. So that was the same kid. Yeah, a little oh, okay. family fun right at the that. beginning. Right at the beginning. Um, yeah, John. Wait, I, I gotta uh, ask you. You literally can be taken out of a movie that quickly by that scene. The scene no. of him walking. No, no, down. it took longer than that. Okay. Um, so, explain like, plot holes you could drive a truck through. Of course, like I mean, like all coincidences. Okay. Right. Uh, well, that's I was going to bring that up, but yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, he, the the guy that lives across the street is a guy who teaches classes on terrorism, whose wife was killed in an FBI raid on a uh, right wing extremist group. Uh, well, I thought that start- was all set up. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's a good. I don't think that, that was wasn't by chance. That's their plan. That was yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. they blew up the kid's hand on purpose and knew yes. that Jeff Bridges would save him. Yes. And then they woke up and the FBI building wasn't blown up at all. And it was just a dream. And the guy's brother had died. I think that would have been. Upstairs into the bedroom in his bedroom. No, I, I think don't I would have accepted that more. <laughs> there was too many coincidences. He's looking I, I at the felt... microfish and, and, and Tim Robbins right behind him. The, the, the girlfriend's in the middle of some mall in the middle of somewhere. And the wife's right behind him. See, here's no, here's well, the thing about that. Movie. No, no. Here's the no, thing about man. that. I, I think I think that that's. We learn by the end of the movie there's actually a team of people. So you oh, yeah. right. Tim Robbins and, and, and uh, I almost said John Cusack, but that's a different movie. John, she was psycho. <laughs> she, was, she was good. So they're, they're the neighbors across the street. I don't know that they blew up their kid's hand or not, but they were neighbors that were going to meet in some way. They had a kid the right. same age. Who knows mm-hmm. if that's even their kid? I don't know about that. I didn't think about the kid. But to me, to me, because it, it was in March. Possible as far as it's not a coincidence right. because they're following people. They're making sure. Like, it's it's not a coincidence that uh, that uh, Tim Robbins shows up when Jeff Bridges is doing research and he recognizes the newspaper. Right, right. As an aside, I thoroughly enjoyed a movie where research was phone calls and microfiche. That oh yeah, yeah. microfiche yeah. is awesome. <laughs> then he, he used a computer for a moment, yeah. and I was like, well, I guess he's looking up a phone number and an answering but, machine figured in in this one. Right, an yeah. yeah, yeah. But to me, the the problem, John's absolutely right about the coincidences. Coincidences when it comes to the end of the movie. Correct. Because the 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 plan, like the idea, like we're going to have not only are we going to have a patsy for our terrorist attack, but the patsy is actually going to carry out the terrorist attack. That's right. great. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. That's that's a great story to tell. But the way that it goes down at the end, like he's got to he's got to do certain things with the car. He's got to not get pulled over and not get. Into, I mean, he hit a bus and he hits it. that bus. That bus. Yeah, yeah. he hits a bus and the car doesn't blow up. Yeah. And the truck flopped open. But I don't think that the whole movie is is coincidences, or you have to. I think you're right. You don't have to say, "Oh, it's just movie magic." Like I think it's the story of a of a plan of these people closing a vice on him. I don't know that they decided we have to kill his girlfriend from the beginning, but you know, the loss of his wife drove it. They make him more desperate, more alone. Mm -hmm. I believe that they're manipulating him, and and that's that whole Mm -hmm. the fact that they're manipulating him like that is itself completely implausible. Which is why nobody would believe him if he survived and he said, I was manipulated. It's Mm -hmm. funny you mentioned that there are people all around. I noticed for the first time watching this film that one of his students 
was the blonde woman at the end that gets on the the phone. Right. And mm-hmm. early on, they show her in the class, right. and and she's the one that gets on at the end and does the interview. That yeah. says, I think mm-hmm. he was a little crazy, right? I she think said, his suspicion yeah. mm-hmm. just happened too fast. He looked at a blueprint for five seconds, and that's what predicated the whole thing. And I'm like, right. come on! I mean, it happened. That to me happened too fast. Now, I love Jeff Jeff Bridges in anything, okay, and mm-hmm. anything, and his panic throughout the movie. It was almost like. Uh, even though I knew the ending, I had, I had never seen the whole thing, but I saw the ending before. Uh-huh. Uh, I was kind of hoping maybe he's just having a psychotic breakdown uh-huh. that I would have been more plausible to me than how he all of a sudden figured out what this guy was going to do based on looking at something for five seconds. Right. That's what I didn't buy. And if I think if it took a little longer to build, I would have bought into it more. I did think the last scene, even though I knew it was coming, the way it was done was really well done, mm-hmm. really suspenseful. Yeah, uh, and there were moments in the movie like Joan Cusack was like psycho. And oh, the yeah. kids I think she's a really underrated actress. Yeah. I, but she, I've never phenomenal. seen her do anything like that. I mean, that was like. Well, she plays the role of a a disingenuous person, doesn't she? Oh, when, when you saw yeah. her, you but knew this that, one, she was just okay, so this evil. Is one of the clues because right away the way she's overdoing mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, maybe well, she kids like you. So yeah, nice. that's what you got to watch out for. The kids, too, were like Village of the Damned when he went in the house. You forgot your phone. I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) Little evil children, too? I'm like, yeah, um, we don't let strangers in. Uh, I'm not a stranger, you know. Yeah, but I do like that scene. They they might not be their kids, because if you remember at the end of the movie, they're sitting there and they go, we get our next assignment? Yep, I hope it's a nice place that's safe. So they're mm-hmm. on to their next thing. I don't know. Those kids might have not been his kids now that you look yeah, well, back at it. And Brad, you, you could I, be I right. Say this about your selection of this movie. I understand you. you it is suspenseful. Mm-hmm. And how long was the film? Was it 70 minutes? That was two no, hours. It was two hours. Oh, okay. So, two hours. So you, the whole time for two hours, you're watching this and uh, it mm-hmm. you manipulated the whole two hours. Mm hmm. And it's like a lot of work for, for what it, it didn't have to me. And I liked the, this, you know, the wow, watching this watch, trying to remember everything going on. But uh, uh-huh. the end of it as I felt like I was being jerked around and I, I was kind of like, well, that's two hours, you know, my life is <laughs> like, you know just, what? I, I it's funny that bad. Because... it only felt like 70 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just talked about this on the other, the film we did on our other podcast, <laughs> the cult, the cult film. That's the ending. The ending made me like the whole other part of the five. The five minute ending made me like the first hour and a half of the film that I wasn't quite sure I liked. This ending is why they pull the rug out from under you with this ending because you're Mm -hmm. expecting Mm -hmm. that that Jeff Bridges is going to figure it all out, right? And he's not going to be the patsy, and he's going to be Tim Robbins. But it's not what happens. And they right, and and I just said that that took some stones to do that. I mean, most Mm -hmm. people would have tried to make him the hero and not turn him into the lone gunman. At the end of that film, he's the lone gunman. Yep. Well, he's everything that he describes in the class. He What's becomes that? what he described in the class. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I thought that. So his punishment for being so kind to that boy, that 10 year old boy. Okay. That saving was, that boy's that life. First scene, the first scene was so 
compelling, so touching, so heartfelt. So this guy, you want, you want a hero, right? Everybody wants that. But see, you fell right into the trap and that's why he pulled the rug out. We were all manipulated. And you feel even worse because of what he, he, that's what he was screaming at Tim Robbins. I saved your child. And and Tim Robbins goes, okay, maybe I won't kill yours then. Yeah. Yeah. It just Mm -hmm. shows the, you know, they're at different places. I mean, I mean he's yeah. not that evil because if you remember when he when they were at the party and he gets through it, he goes, you know, we'll talk about this later. I'm having a party. Yeah, let's but, have a party. But it's like, feel free to stay if you'd like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's funny hey, because me, um, this is a movie about zealots. And, so you've got, right. you've yeah. got religious zealots, zealots yeah. too. Yeah, zealots that have a plan to 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 set off a huge terrorist attack. And they and need that, a patsy. And it's clearly linked to, you know, as you said, Oklahoma City. It's linked to Waco. It's linked to directly to Ruby Ridge with the way that his uh, his wife died, which is basically a Ruby Ridge type of situation. Right. And, um, you know, th- those were formative events that made people into real terrorists in this country. But Jeff Bridges, the reason that he's so vulnerable is that he is also a zealot. Like you can, I mean, yes. you can see the desperation mm-hmm. of wanting to make his wife's death mean something because his, de- his wife's yeah. death by any standard is a tragedy. But mm-hmm. when people say to him as they're manipulating him, things like, you know, the FBI really sort of did this to you. Mm-hmm. He never, he never steps back and says, Oh no, 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 this was, this is a, an official good thing. Like he, he's, he's, he's mourning and that makes him vulnerable. So everybody that's zealous is either easily manipulated or is so good at manipulating you that you can't see what's happening. Like I, when well, I first saw the movie about, I don't know, 20 years ago, I remember thinking that it was a decent thriller, but I didn't, I didn't find it surprising. I thought, well, there, the, the whole point of this is setting up this guy to be a patsy. I just don't know what for, and I don't know how it's going to go. But for me, that was because Tim Robbins was too creepy. Like Tim Robbins. Yeah. Uh-huh. Me as a, yeah. It wasn't a bad performance, but it was Jeff. I totally believe Jeff Bridges is this broken, sad man. Uh-huh. And also uh-huh. who, what, what college professor takes their kids on a field trip at all? I was going right. to say that to where his wife was killed. That was the one thing where I said to Brad, Really? Yeah. But, you know, that's that's inappropriate behavior based on what's happening. That just showed you how obsessed he was with yeah. this. He wasn't right. really caring well, about Well, to back up a step through, doing it remember he had, the con- he had the conversation with his wife's partner where he asked, does anybody ask about her? Right. Does anybody right. bring up the fact that she died in this thing? So right. that's right. that's hanging there the whole time. And if yeah. we're going to throw away, if, you, if you're going to say, that's the one thing that makes you go, what? And that car gets flipped around by a bus. And still was able to get inside the FBI building. Yeah, yeah. At the end, yeah. so well, that's you, you why, that's why it comes apart at the yeah, end. I totally know that this we, was we not a plausible our thing. Just, our disbelief. Exactly. I mean, but but what I I mean I know Drew that you just said like Tim Robbins is so creepy. He's that, wooden. He's very wooden. I remember liking this only because you know I I didn't realize until we were watching it last night. But you know, one of them, probably if not my all time favorite movie, one of my top three is Shawshank Redemption. Sure. He plays a very, uh, like a great guy in there, you know, who, who's who been wronged and that. Then, I know you all hate it, but we love him in Hudsucker Proxy. And he's Me like, too. I love Hudsucker Proxy. And then, um, and then he plays this creepy guy in this. He was also creepy in that movie, The Player. I don't yeah. know if you all saw that. He was very sure. creepy in that. And, and... I just like when someone you associate as playing, quote, the good guys, um, play something just, I don't know. When when he and Joan Cusack would just be like, 
Mm-hmm. You know, after a while, it just, I, I just like it. Well, even the way he shot, there's a scene where Jeff Bridgers and, and uh, Tim Roberts are talking in the kitchen. And in the background is Joan Cusack with a light shining on her mm-hmm. looking at this conversation. I mean, it's played up to just play into the fact mm-hmm. that these people are wooden and evil and all that. That's what, that's mm-hmm. what the director was doing. Well, and when Jeff Bridges goes to, when he goes to pick up his, his son, who had already been picked up and taken who knows where by, um, by Tim Robbins, the two scoutmasters. Yeah, the scoutmasters. In that, it reminded me of take a flashlight as a kid and stick it right there. But, but they varied the lighting a lot. When, when I notice different things like that, I, I like to, you know, just see how it's influencing your emotions, how it's influencing the scene, what is it trying to say. That's the point. Yeah, that's the yeah. point of what he's doing. Uh, that's boy, could you say it a little more condescending there, Ralph? That's <laughs> um, how's it? Uh Wojo, that's the point. And I think I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I mean movies movies by definition manipulate us. If you yeah. see yeah. what a yes. movie is doing to manipulate you, if you see through it, then it's not doing its job for you watching the movie. And, you know, right. like, mm-hmm. it's a movie about manipulation. It, if I saw it today, I'd say that's it's a little over-directed. That's not uh-huh. good or bad. It's just it's a little much. But, again, mm-hmm. it is of its time. You know, 1999 is the great maybe the greatest year in, in movies in decades, single year. Arlington Road is not one of the reasons that it's the greatest year. Mm-hmm. Sean, but, didn't you see all of them in that year, 99? Is that one of your... Yeah, I saw the, uh, no, I shouldn't surprise you. I did see this in the theaters. Well, if you saw a lot of films that year. <laughs> Isn't do, every movie I, uh, designed to... Go ahead. I do I do want to say that watching this movie was like, a, for me, the field of lost dreams. Because um, my first movie, 21 Eyes, came out in 2003. <laughs> uh, wait, hang on. I got you know, to try the new camera. Push the camera. There you go. Don't Dutch have angle. Not, not to ring the bell yet. Nice. Uh, but um, one of the people who saw the movie was Mark Pellington. Oh. And ding, ding. He reached out, I guess, through my director, Lee Bonner's agent at Kirsch, about developing 21 Eyes into a television series. At this time, he already had cold cases on. So needless to say, Lee and I and David Butler, the producer, were all very excited. And then, like, literally three weeks later, no, not even three weeks. Two weeks later, Pellington's wife died. Yeah. Um, so she was on the film. She worked at on Arlington Road. And then we're in this situation. It's like, oh, my God. We were already, like, piloting out, you know. I mean, we weren't in discussions with him yet, but we knew what, where he wanted to go with it. And we were already working it out. And it's sort of like, what do we do now? It's sort of like, Nothing. we can't, like, it's like, how long do we wait? Do we wait, like, three weeks and say, hey, Sorry about your wife, but let's get back on to that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it never happened again. We we felt like we couldn't approach him again. You know, he approached us, but we felt like we couldn't approach him. And so that happened. But the other weird thing was a couple years later, well, it was about six years later, um, my script, A Long Drive, which I wrote in the early 90s, a produ- one of the producers of Titanic read, ding, ding, ding. And he was trying to put it together as a, as a piece starring Jeff Bridges, you know, and it was really looked like it was going to happen, but his financial people didn't think the film had sufficient international appeal. I mean, he really liked the script and the director said at the time he goes, I mean, not the director, the producer's like, you know, you know, I can't do this. 
you know, I only, you know, I can't do this, but you should try to get it over at HBO. I think they would do it. And I said, I said, Hey, would you like to take it into HBO? And he goes, I don't do cable. You know, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Always oh, that close. Ah, oh, I mean, the good old Mark days. Mark was one of the right. for a movie. And Debbie, Debbie, I got to Debbie. I got to stop. For, do you, you're upset by the manipulation or you think, this every movie's manipulating you. What were you saying about well, the manipulation? No, I I just don't like to be played like that, like a fiddle. You know, and I, I just don't like it. Is it because of the ending? Yeah, the ending. It it was it was the worst ending of any movie I've ever seen. I, the worst <laughs> of any movie you've ever seen. Oh, really, Debbie? Open wait, up. wait, you wait, need please. to not hold back. I mean, I love the excitement. <laughs> had a lot of going for it. Line. You felt mm-hmm. like. To the Does that include Spitfire oh. Grill? <laughs> it's I love Spitfire Grill when I first saw it. Okay, <laughs> this film reminded me of No Way Out. You ever see No Way Out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kevin Costner. Same idea, right? Where it's the, the flip ending and the concept, the the, the uh, stuff that has to happen for everything to fall in place and all that. Um, and that came out in '87. So that was yeah, eleven that. years before this. Yeah, is yeah. that is that spoilers? But is that the one at the end we discover that he was a spy? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, a Russian yeah. spy. Yes, I mean I, that's Kevin that's Costner, a great right? that's a great yeah. thriller. That's a great I love thriller. it. I'm, I'm not. I thought that was good. I haven't oh, seen that in so long. I have a really important point to make. Something about DNA. Something like RNA. RNA. So. It's all your idea on the universe, you know, because if we're going to be coincidental, you know, if we're going to talk about coincidence, right? then what do we think about coincidence? I mean, it's like coincidental that we're having this conversation. Wait, can about, we talk about movie coincidence or real life coincidence? No, it was too, it was manipulative because there's too many coincidences, but of for course, the wrong that's, result. That's when movie you, coincidence, though. That's yeah, not but real I think life. No way out there. Uh, it was coincidence. No way out did a much better job of it. With no a better payoff. Oh, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. This movie did. Well, I think it was all. The only thing that it was doesn't evil. seem like it worked was, but they would have met some way. It's like the the thing with the kid's hand. Obviously, yeah. he didn't send his kid out into the woods to blow off his hand. No. In order, or did he? Get, um, that worked out to be great. That was lucky. Or him. did he? Maybe he did. Well, well we because even he mentioned that it was in March. Why would he have at fireworks one, at in one March? point? Jeff yeah. Bridges says, why would he have had fireworks in March? Well, yeah, because he was playing it's with hot. the plastic explosives. Do we think that yeah. Jeff Bridges blew his own kid's hand off? Is that what we're thinking? No, Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins. No, sorry, Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins. Oh, Tim Robbins. I'm sorry, yeah, Tim did Robbins. Did you watch the same movie we watched, Ralph? <laughs> did, did was that what we thought that that his father blew his own hand? I off? didn't think that. No, no, I, mean, I didn't think so. But you guys are making it sound like that was a plant. That well, he, I wasn't. When it first ha- when you well, first they, see it, and it's going on. I didn't think well, that. Well, because you talk about coincidence too. there too. Like then, even if that he sent him out to do that, how would he know that that Jeff that's, was coming home right then? That's my point. Oh, I get it. So you know, that's I, how that's what got the ball rolling. Right. Right. So that had. I mean, that's what I mean about the coincidence. That's like ridiculous. Right. What I mean, that was just the way up? they met. Like to Jerusalem right. earlier, I think they would have met one way or another. Probably they're they're neighbors. But this was just a kind of very dramatic way to you would have th- think they that's would. a great point, Brad. But, you know, since you brought it up, I also want to say you don't get points <laughs> like this anywhere else. So please, we really need you guys to subscribe, listen, like, tell people about it, because I'm telling you, we're getting huge. We are getting hu- huge. Over there? Yeah, huge. Huge. Yeah, so 
You know, uh, it's a strange what he said. That, that suddenly came up. Isn't that cr- or isn't was it by design? You know, this I'm is the first time. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen his film a few times. This is the first time where now the doubt is in my head that, that Tim Robbins might have blown his own kid's hand off. That <laughs> thought never occurred to me. Honestly, it never occurred to me until it was and he had yeah. done that. I, you have oh, a dark mind. Oh, <laughs> guys, that's what the whole movie is about. The whole movie right, right. about what, what is it? Apophenia, the the tendency for humans to to see things and connect a pattern that may or may not be there. Wait, what's and the word, Drew? I want to hear that word again. I think it's pronounced apophenia. Ralph, can you put that like a spoiler that is thing? A good word. <laughs> in post, or if I knew how to spell it. I knew how to spell it. We yeah. want to educate. You don't get this on other podcasts. Listen, that's that's the whole the whole reason the whole reason that people believe conspiracy theories is because they see patterns and connections Mm -hmm. between things that there aren't patterns, and a lot of times that takes you into a place that's completely implausible. But you're saying maybe he did hurt his son to get attention of the guy. And here's here's a a different kind of example that we saw. You don't really know. What's actually happening? And in the movie, you know, the whole thing is to not only set it's a, it's a, it is about a conspiracy to frame Jeff Bridges, but it's also about the uh, the creation of a conspiracy that Jeff Bridges was up to planning this attack and avenging his wife and all these other things. And he even killed his wife's former FBI partner and all that stuff. So it's it's a, it, I don't think it's I think it's a little heavy handed in a lot of ways. And again, the ending of the oh, movie it's very heavy handed. It's, it's really just, it doesn't work for me in terms of the way that things actually happen. Yeah. But, um, but that's what the movie is about. The movie is about conspiracy theories, which is why watching it felt super relevant to today, honestly. Right. Uh, did and you, did you just not buy that? He would have been on a race in the town or you just didn't like the end of the movie. What did you, I, what I, what I don't buy is that there's a lot of precision to the plan to get mm-hmm. him into mm-hmm. position. Right. And the idea, the, again, the, the screenwriter, Aaron Kruger, wrote the screenplay. And his idea that the, the bomb is going to actually be in the, the, the guy's car, he's going ca- to carry out the attack without meaning to or realizing it. That's a clever idea. The problem is uh, the whole how drive got across there. town and all that yes. stuff, it's, it's, it's too much to chance. You know, that really how the car what they were from, doing earlier. Because that's a whole scene where Tim Robbins gets in the fight with him. So they can plant it in the trunk. Right. That was great. Exactly. But and now he, he has to get where from... he rented the car. Right. They were part of the conspiracy. Maybe, no, but, no, but no, wait, all wait. he needed to do was distract them and put it in the trunk while they're right. okay. Well, yes. that's what Tim Robbins did, but he still has to get from point A to point B. And all the point from there, all that crashing and riding over sidewalks and no one gets hit and the bus, that's where you go, okay, this is Hollywood. And right. the trunk popped open. Well, I'm telling you. Okay, that's open. what I mean. Well, you, you Tim just... Robbins had it worked out that he knew that uh, he was going to go for it. He was going to go to save yeah, his son. Nothing so was going to stop him. That's why. That's all fine. You know the other thing? A cell phone would have stopped a lot of this. I mean, this is the he thing. Well, he that's had a cell phone that stopped working. That's a Hollywood contrivance, too, that the car is going to have all this. This happens all the time in these kind of coincidence mm-hmm. movies where things that you go, how can that even you know, that has to be perfect timing for that to work out. But still, still the idea like that they, yeah. the, the idea that they plant it in the trunk and that it actually blows up at the FBI building. That's brilliant. And it's Tim. And it's, 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 it's not brilliant. Tim Robbins. It's Jeff Bridges car. I thought that was great. And the way Jeff Bridges played, it was really good. Oh my God. He was, mm-hmm. he, well, once he's the like, realization came. Oh that yeah. It wasn't in the van. Right. Then he realized it. That, I thought he played that really well. So, I didn't buy any of it, but I still. Like, <laughs> well, the performances right. are good. Um, the performances are very good in the movie. Call me a Pollyanna. You're a Pollyanna. 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 (laughs) um, 
I don't like when the good guy doesn't win. Uh, that's but that. that's what he played I against. That. I get that. And the and director I, played I against that. You always want the good guy, guy to win. It's really bad, and the good guy is really Every once in a while, though, right, it's Gabby, nice have you to s- just be completely... No, but then I yeah. say, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't go with my... Belief. Well, the studio wanted to change the ending. The studio wanted uh, of course. Karen. Well, they were right. Yeah. Gabby, did you delay. like the Parallax view? Yeah. She hasn't seen Parallax view. Ah, uh, okay. I tried to watch it afterwards, but she didn't seem interested. Okay. Not was after- that out in 1971? That's like, yes. that was 75. 75? Okay. Right. It's a little better. I'll tell you, I was engaged in the movie. I was like, oh my God. Oh my. You know, I was you like, never expect the good guy to lose in right. any of these. You always yeah, expect your your like, brain is telling you. Especially not in the 90s. It. Well, and that's why, that's one of the main reasons um, that the TV series 24 yeah. did so well because we were like the first season, even the second season. You didn't know they were killing off main characters. You well, when the cougar went after the daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That's when oh, everything changed. Oh, well, that was really yeah. stupid. Yeah, well, except that was, doesn't, that was Jack, doesn't Jack win everything right to the end? No. Well, he's he, oh. he's like the only guy who's safe in the whole series. Yeah. He wow. was the anti-hero. He's a horrible person because he uses torture and violence instead of actually following the law. He's a he's a terrible, terrible person. But he's the hero of the show, so he, has he gets to the job done. Gets the job. Yeah. Are there any other films remember, you guys can remember? Part of that show, Sean. though, is that he never uses the bathroom. And he does. Sean, are, are there any other films where good guys lose in the end? Oh, lots of them. Give me three. Give you three. Oh, this is riveting TV. For those of you listening, we're all suspects right now. Got to be something yeah. in there. Give me How about one. the usual suspects? The usual yeah. suspects doesn't have a oh, yeah. victory yeah. by the way. Phantasm. Phantasm. There you go. Body heat. Body. But that, well, I mean, every. Every film yeah. noir, every film noir, yeah, maybe. A femme fatale is about a man, you know, falling but for it and getting ruined. That's but here's the thing about that film: there's some kind of reason, you know, that the, uh, the postman always rings twice. Yeah. You know, there's you- reasoning behind <laughs> them. I have no idea what the hell that means. <laughs> I did. Oh, oh. I can explain. Well, I mean, I think what I think what you're saying, like double indemnity, Fred McMurray makes his own bed. Basically, he's yeah. He, yeah, no, he was not a good guy. He would be, William Hurt. He would Hurt had a choice. A he had a choice. He didn't have to. On a turn, I was thinking right. with uh, what's his name. And right. wait a minute, the Big Lebowski. Did Jeff Bridges ever get the carpet back? The rug back? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Now wait, we, we didn't go to the Oracle though. The Oracle of Chicago. On his okay. review of this, let's film. hear what he says. Once again, first paragraph mm-hmm. of Ebert. You know, it'd be interesting. Did Ebert like? Do you think Ebert did liked like this film? Or I think he did no. not like it. No, I think he didn't. No. Okay. Well, Arlington Road is a conspiracy thriller that begins well and makes good points, but then flies off the rails in the last thirty minutes. <laughs> the climax is so implausible, we stop caring and start scratching our heads. Later, thinking back through the film, we realize it's just not the endings that's cuckoo. Given the logic of the ending, the entire film has to be rethought. This is one of those movies where the characters only seem to be living in their own lives, when in fact they're strapped to the wheels of a labyrinth hidden plot. 
He gave the film two out of um, four stars. Yeah, that's, no. a, that's, that's, that's not bad. That's for him. <laughs> no, but I still think the last scene was was good shot and the way it was shot and everything. But yeah, I agree with that. Well, look, even the scene where Tim Robbins, not Tim, Jeff Bridges goes and visits the father of the lone guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all cliche and it's all. But let me, let me, it's trope, Ralph. It's all trope. It's all trope. Go ahead, Drew. Let me say one other thing about this movie. Now, you know, regular listeners to this podcast know a lot of us have Baltimore connections. And I think <laughs> it's important to note that Mark Pellington is from Baltimore. And he went to St. Paul School, as did I. And his father is a famous Colts linebacker. I don't really know sports. I think that's the sport with the ball that's an oval, not the ball that's that's round. But um, you know, he's one of those all the people to get why, Drew, why were you doing Truman Capote just then? That was weird. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Capote, that's Baltimore. Capote. That's more Truman Capote. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have come out of Baltimore that have done well in the movies and. You know, Mark Pellington has had quite a career in the movies, and he, I think he belongs on a list with people like John Waters and Barry Levinson. That you know, I take a little hometown pride in that. Good for you. Yeah. I think, and listen, I I think ultimately, I uh, we'll do the ratings now, so we can see where everybody feels. So let's start with Will Joe and Brad. Yippee ki yay! There you go, John. Yippee ki yay! Yeah, Debbie, Sean. I really want to say I the tension was great in the film, but all in all, uh, you know the way it made me mad at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a coincidence! They're different. That's weird. Something true. <laughs> I'm going to say yippee kai, man. I mean, I think it's all screenwriting. The last half hour with the Rebert, the Ebert review is right. It really kind of yeah. blows what yeah. I had going for it, and it's too bad. Yeah, I'm saying yippee kai. Not a strong, strong, but I, I enjoyed it. And I watched right, it again. Because it's like one of those 70s movies you like. That's why. Well, this rewatch, I actually, <laughs> and you know, it is prescient. There's no question. It's prescient. The that's, up. Uh, yeah, that's a word you use over and over <gasps> again. I want to get that on the screen, too. Prescient. Trope, prescient. What trope, else? Uh, uh, robust. Robust <laughs> film debate. <laughs> that's a good word. But there were no words that word drew you. By the way, anaphylactic or something. Oh, but by the way, films with an unhappy ending, parallax view. Okay, you're right. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. You guys should watch that one. It's it's terrible. You'll hate it. <laughs> but it's a good film. All right. Good job. I always end this, but that's enough. Next week we're doing holiday roulette. I'm not going to explain the rules again. Each one of you guys, each square, bring a film to the table and we'll vote on the one that we talk about the following week. Okay. John, I'm trying to think of a holiday movie from the seventies that Ralph can pick. I'm having trouble. <laughs> Mm, it's just you'll be surprised. Go with and Dale versus Evil, and that's a fine choice. Santa I think Claus you'll be the Martians. That's no, a that's, that's a classic. Yeah, uh, Zia, Zia Pedora. Yeah. What's her name? Zia. What's he her is name? Adora. Zia, Adora. He is Adora. Um, you'll be surprised at my pick. I think, but anyway. Um, so next week, yeah, holiday roulette. Everybody good? Yeah, sure. All right, um, everybody well, have well, a well, everybody have a safe week. Okay. Yes, you also, Ralph. I'll do my best. That's all I can do. And you, John, and Drew, and Wojo, Brad, and Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Betty Lou. 